have future wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg won. I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Cox Plate edition of the Two Units Podcast. The best two minutes in sport. That's the worst 30 seconds in podcasting history, there, Salts, when you butcher the great weight for age race in the intro. But we won't be butchering today because we got plenty in Pack Your Nags, the supper, and then, of course, just two cards to feature at the Valley as well as a couple of great races up in Sydney. Mate, how are you? The best two minutes in sport, the best two units in podcasts, and the best two minutes of sex you'll ever have in your life in the two <laughs> units here, mate. It's a big weekend and I can't wait. We're obviously going trackside as well for Cox Plate. We're there for Animo last year. A lot more open edition of the race this year, but it makes it a whole lot more intriguing. Different angles, different form lines. I can't wait. Group one racing up in Sydney. Can't wait to get stuck in. It's an absolute spectacle, mate. It's going to be good fun. Looking forward to unpacking all that with you in the spec section. And if you're on flow meter, I'd be thinking about heading for the queue. It dashed away inside the 200 meter mark. Flow meter goes on to win by nearly five. And here he comes, the fossil. Flow meter, win 20, you little beauty. Flow meter, can he keep these old legs going? What a legend, flow meter. Flow meter was a legend. Um, so is this guy that I'm just going to give an honorable mention to straight off the top, Trav Noonan. He is doing God's work at the moment. He is <laughs> he's the hardest working man in racing salts. People would see on Twitter, he does his early look and he's constantly just pumping out jockey bookings, where horses are going. It is He seriously has an ability to pick up the phone and get it done. Where more you sort of let the information come to us type operators and he's the other way around where he goes seeking it. So just wanted to highlight the work that he's doing at such a great part of, part of the year in the spring carnival for racing. Mate, he's an absolute superstar. He makes His knowledge of the program makes you feel inferior. Did we talk about this last week? I kind of feel like we did, but anyway, he gets a double mention if we did because he's absolutely on fire, Trav. Yeah, he is. He gets an honourable mention though. You need still need more than that to get your vote uh, in the flowies. Who's your first vote going to? Uh, my vote goes to you uh, because you had Lem Footer get up in the last leg of the quaddy mm. at Caulfield. Fantastic tipping, up and about. Footy was happy. We were watching at uh, Union House there, a fine establishment in Richmond. Up on the rooftop, we gave a public high five, um, which I don't regret. Uh, we look like complete flogs, but we'll, we had to fill up with it. And The thing I want to bring you to the supper for, though, is because of a missed opportunity and a quote that you'd had earlier in the day. We were sitting in the downstairs section and we watched Buffalo River cross the line. Celine Gordray, terrific association with the horse, took the key. him straight to the front, the key. Never look back. As he crossed the line, you said to me, and I quote, there is just no way on earth I'm losing this quaddy today. And I thought the same. I thought we're a couple of legs down and, and we ended up getting the quaddy. The two units got the quaddy. It was some eight and a half grand for yeah. 100%. If you don't mind, unfortunately for you, you forgot to put Buffalo River in the quaddy and you've cost yourself a mozza. Oh, I've had a couple of uh, real He was in your numbers though, wasn't he? Yeah, huh? yeah. mate. Just a full bet slip fuck up. I was screaming at the screen to kick. Yeah, yeah, you wanted him. I you didn't have a bet in the race. I, that was it. I didn't realize how late he was supported 
in betting as well because I saw the likes of Climbing Star, who, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought was shorter than him in the original market. She was, yeah. And the Climbing Star came off Buffalo River's heels and I was death. I was pulling its tail yeah. and hissing home the river thinking this is better for the quad because I didn't have a bet in the race. And, yeah, so you, it's quite ironic because you called me out last week for some antics, some mug antics at uh, the Caulfield Guineas Day, yeah. where I double staked. Yeah, a few the old. Oh, oh, yeah, I accidentally double staked that one, yeah. and it wins by five lengths. And so, then yeah. it's it's it goes come, the other way. It's come back, and it's absolutely mugged me. And we say mug, and that is a double entendre right there. It's <laughs> mugged me hard, uh, mate. A couple of votes here. We're going to Dan McPherson. Are you familiar with his work? I'm very familiar with his work and he's making me feel like shit by the minute, this guy. This guy needs to just go and get stuffed. Yeah, he's got to go. <laughs> yeah. So good. So the addition to Channel 7 Racing, Dan McPherson, he's an absolute rooster. He's successful and he's slipped into this on-course role like he's been doing it his whole life. It's and a joke. I'm so jealous and just, I actually, like, I don't even know why I'm giving him votes. I should be sending him packing. <laughs> well, last week, because we, we were at the pub, Channel 7 was on. Mm. So we were watching without any volume and still just like, oh, my God, how good an operator is this guy? I saw him make Philip Stokes smile. Yeah, I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. I've never seen anything like it's it. It's unbelievable. This guy's so likable. So piss off, Dan. Yeah. Have, have a couple of votes. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Three votes this week is going to go to Mick McGuan, a mate of yours yeah. as well, old Mick McGuan. And he was up to some some behaviour on Twitter as well that was a real sort of blast from the past. He, he couldn't get over the fact that uh, Brennan Bolton, assistant coach at Collingwood, gave a little bit of black nail polish to the, the back seven at Collingwood before the game to unite them. And he, and he said this, he says, I'd love to see Pants, Mullane, Banksy, Dennis Banks, Monkey, Brownie, Dacos, Ned, Chris O, Roddy, Stark, and Shorey all put on some nail polish before they ran out. And this is the grab here. Good luck with that. We live in such a snags world. <laughs> what does it even mean? <laughs> Sensitive new age guy. <laughs> trying to unpack what that means. All week, so you have Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a I snags it. world. I don't know that. Is it a snags world? I guess it kind of is. We, we watched Old Dads the other yeah, Not as well. It kind of is a bit of a snags world. Yeah. So Bill Burke sort of called that out and, and maybe Bill Burke can catch up with Mick McGon and, and have a coffee over how the snags are running the world. I just felt like Mick McGon, he was very much aggrieved by that little bit of nail polish to the point where I've got to bring him to the supper just to, to lift him back up, mate. They won the flag. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm going to tell Mick on uh, Monday afternoon, of course, on the Mick and Nick show on RSN from one to five. <laughs> <Mick and Nicky. laughs> I'm going to tell Mickey that he's made three votes in the flow meter in the flowy supper, and he's going to look at me and go, what's a podcast? And maybe he can bring some dimmies along oh, to the supper because he, he likes a dimmy. He's the, like, he's the nicest guy. Would genuinely take his size XL Keylor jacket off and give it to you if you were cold. <laughs> He's such a lovely dude. He said to me one week, he was like, have you tried the dimmies from the something rather palace in Preston? And I'm like, no, I haven't had a dimmy for the best part of a decade. They're good, but like I just haven't, it's just not my go-to if I'm going to yeah. have a something filth. Yeah. And he goes, I've got to bring you these dimmies. And he lives way out West and we're working in the studio in Carlton, Elizabeth Street, RSN. And he turns up one day. He's driven like the most outrageous route to work via this Chinese place in Preston just to bring me in 
this dim sim and I'm in footy season and I don't really want to eat it. So I'm sitting there and he's like, <laughs> he's waiting on me to eat this dim sim. And Steamed like, or fried? He bought one of each oh, for me. That would have been like, cold by the time. He, I don't know where he kept him warm in the car, but he did. Put him in his ass, <laughs> crack. <laughs> that goal regulation size of one! Oh, you will listen to every damn nah. word I have to say! I see no finger paintings you bring home and they suck! I'll come! It's actually a third type of dinner. You got the steam dimmy, the fried dimmy, and the incubated dimmy. <laughs> and a Mick McGorn's jokes. I hope he doesn't tune in. No, no, he's a good bloke, <laughs> but we're having a laugh. We love Mickey McCoy. <laughs> yeah, we love Mickey. He's such a good fella. Yeah. Um, pack your dags time. Uh, there's a guy who we love at Macca's Mock. Three units alumni. The mm. great Terry. Uh, Terry old Mc- Tippy Toes McAuliffe. <laughs> Tippy Toes McAuliffe. He had to get up because old Spider Foot and... <laughs> <laughs> the mo- spider Foot and <laughs> Davey Stanilan. <laughs> <laughs> they were too tall for him. So, um, old tippy toes. He's <laughs> he's got some great calls. Obviously, um, he's gone caller to broadcaster. Yeah. And this was one of his great calls that he's renowned for. Uh, back in the day, this was a this was a race at Strath album. I'd say some one probably a decade ago. First kiss in front, first kiss from battling away star flight with Chalmers, but first kiss. Do you remember yours? Mine was Sarah Kettridge. First kiss wins. <laughs> That's one of the great calls. First kiss gets up. Sarah Kettridge, good on you. Now, you get away with that, Tez. You get away with one. But this is Terry, Port Lincoln, yesterday? Uh, yep, yes, yesterday. Uh, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, Port Lincoln. <laughs> Mate. Sarah's living rent-free in your head. <laughs> okay, so that's the situation here at Port Lincoln today. We've got uh, the track rated a good four. The temperature, well, it's colder than my first ever kiss from Sarah Kettridge. <laughs> she had an icy pole that day, John, and it was bitterly cold. We're going to take a break here on Race Day. Racing.com. <laughs> One of the all-time ad break throws. Uh, if, if you actually saw the footage, you actually puck, puck it up. You went, my first kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Not to Celts. <laughs> Not to Celts. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Those two, they're pretty close, those two, the odd couple. Yeah. Opposite to track. They, they do. They he's, do. He's, he's a classic. Um, but, Tez, move on, mate. You're married with two kids. She <laughs> <laughs> had an icy pole that day as well. Yeah. The old, um, Super duper. Sunny boy. Sunny boy make out. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm sending packing is... Probably kind of myself, but actually, nah, it's not my fault. Nothing's my fault. No, nah, no, nah, it's not your fault. Last Thursday night, I went to see, um, I went to a gig, a flight facilities, a lot of listeners will know, some of the classic tracks, the, Claire, the likes of Claire de Lune, the likes of Foreign Language, Crave You, all great tracks, bit of a DJ, electronic duo. Now, took my wife, who it's like her favourite thing, so it was a, sort of a birthday present, got tickets for another couple who are fans. We turned up. And I'm there for the 90-minute set, perhaps even two hours to hear some of the, you know, the bangers, have a bit of a dance, go home, be up in the morning for work. It was, I've misread this, it was a journey through time set. And all they did was play covers from the 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, and today. And I was as flat as a pancake salts. How long did it take you to cotton on before you realised you'd stuffed up? <laughs> the best part of probably two and a half so hours. Two and a half hours, you're like, hold on, they haven't played like, a flight for this like, song. I was just sort of hanging at the back having a, a sel- having a seltzer. And I'm like, these guys on the um, on the undercard are pretty good. 
<laughs> getting the mood up. But no, it was the main show, and you're an idiot. That's a snag string. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a snag string. It is. So hey, can you a bit flat with that? Yeah, you, you've stuffed up there. So apologies to Claire. You 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 need to be better than that. But a birthday, mate. Can you answer me a question? Do you know how to eat a kiwi fruit? No, you don't. No, I don't. I wouldn't know. So thirty-five. You. So they've got the skin. You actually can eat the skin. Yeah. But you can just cut the skin off and, and cut it up and eat it. They're jets. You were a fan of kiwi fruits. Yeah, I like them. We had this discussion, didn't we, on Saturday? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it was because <laughs> I was I was um, having a bit of a vape. Yeah, yeah. It was a kiwi. <laughs> it was kiwi. Yes. And I started choking on it. I had an allergic reaction. You thought I was a, yeah, you had an allergy to kiwi That's fruit. right. I said, I eat them every day. And I was like, I wouldn't know. Mate, I reckon, I reckon they're f- like frauds. Any fruit. No, nah, they're not frauds. Nah, any fruit that needs genuine preparation to eat can pack its nags. Like, give me an apple, give me a banana, they're fine. Even an orange, too hard. I need to pack a knife. Oranges are pretty hard. Yeah, need yeah. to pack a knife, not having it. I uh, don't know where this is going. Nah, neither do I. <laughs> I'm uh, setting you pack it. It's a good segue into um, price. Well, the snags is. Yeah, this yeah. is another, speaking of snags, price of snags, went out to South Bank on Friday night with Shiny, listener of the show, great fella, went and had a beer and there's this wafting barbecue in this place. It's like a nice restaurant in this place too, Hopscotch on South Bank. They've got a barbecue out the side in of the establishment selling sausages. What's a good rate, do you reckon, for a sausage? It's the same as a bunning sausage. Well, they've been marked up heavily inflation. these days. Inflation. Um but you you'd expect to be paying what three bucks fifty four bucks tops eight dollars for a sausage sausage and bread. bread sausage and bread are we $8. just talking your standard standard thin, thin tip white bread thin tip white bread onion yep onion, onion. if, you, if okay. you desire you had a choice of the condiments were just your standard like barbecue tomato or mustard mild American okay. yep. but it, it's a disgrace and then they tried to soften it by saying but we've got a deal if you buy a bolter and a sausage. It's fifteen dollars, and I'm like, I'm still the math's not adding up for me, mate. Yeah, it's too that's much. Wrong. Yeah, too wrong. So pack your nags, eight dollars sausages, please. Two bucks or bus. I'd want to look after us better at Mooney Valley on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought so. Something that caught my eye here: news.com.au. Mary Madigan, pack your nags. This is a, this is a journalist. This is a journalist. This is a news article. Brooke Warren and boyfriend spotted looking extremely relatable in Melbourne. Shane Warne's daughter has been spotted out with her boyfriend and their look is something basically all Aussies can relate to. She is wearing just tracky dacks with socks and Birkenstocks and it's got here, it was relaxed long-term couple goals. Spotted. What? This is this is a news just article. Just going for a walk in tracky dacks. How does, that des- how does that deserve an article? This is where we're at, mate. The pair were seen wandering around Melbourne suburb of Brighton looking like the epitome of a long-term couple in the comfortable stage of a relationship. Nah. Yeah, I know you're sending um, the writer of the article packing, but I feel like they, they're struggling to come to terms with having to write that article. Well, Someone's told them to do it and they're, and they're feeling pretty flat about it, surely. It's Warney's daughter too. Like you've been, Warney's daughter's been papped. I'm not having it. Yeah, it's, come on. I'm not having it. When they're galloping to the gates, there's only one place to bet. Top Sport, the home of horse racing. Whether you're a sprinter or a stayer or just a fashion conscious player, go the distance with bigger bet limits and top odds on every race, every time. Download the app for a faster, easier betting experience. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. 
Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. It is self-specs time, and we're going to preview a couple of pretty good cards this week, Salts. One involving the Group 1 Wait for H. Cox Plate, and also the Manicato Stakes, which has been moved from the Friday night, which is fantastic. Adds for a great day of racing. Then we'll look at in Sydney as well. Got a few tips there, obviously headlined by the Group 1 Spring Champion Stakes for the three-year-olds. Let's chat about the track quickly at the Valley. We've got Rail True, entire circuit, both days, which is interesting. How's that going to affect how we're betting? I'm expecting it to be fair across the two meetings because as opposed to previous years where there's been a real ambiguous forecast of the amount of rain, it's Mm. very clear that there's no to little rain in the lead-up to Cox Plate Day and the Friday night, the night before, with the Mooney Valley Gold Cup being run. So that means that the track manager can manage the track within their own control. And if that's the case, then they're, they're good enough there to to not be dishing up a, a conveyor belt and, and I'll be backing them in for a nice fair track over both the nights. Yep. Uh, let's start off in race number three on Saturday, mate. We'll just do Saturday form here today and obviously get plays out uh, for subscribers elsewhere. Race three is the Group 3 at Tessio Stakes. It's for the mares over the mile. Um, My Whisper won the race last year from Roots and Cirileo Miss. And you're siding with a little bit of Adelaide form here, mate. Yeah, I am. I I like the mare coming across uh, on Francais for Jake Stevens. Lockie Nindorf is coming across a ride. He's got a terrific record on this mare. And, And second up, in the Murray Bridge Gold Cup going 14 to 1,600 metres. She jumped beautifully from barrier 18, if you don't mind. Ended up getting caught wide and, you know, oh, that's just no fault of the jockey. Jumping from legitimately the car park. Travelled wide, stayed strong late. Now third up, uh, staying at 1,600 metres. And last preparation, you know, she has some numbers that measure up here. She she ran Bel Toro to a head charging late in the listed race in Adelaide back in the autumn. And, and he was absolutely airborne at that stage. Subsequent to that, he went and won the Aubrey Gold Cup by five lengths. Mm. So, you know, she's not out of her depth here and she could probably be nice and close to the speed and and have Wishlaw Lass in her sights. One I know you like and we both loved last start, but at the prices, I want to be with the four on France. Yeah, there's no probably surprise that I'm with Wish Law Lass. She's one of mine, and you know I go wild for Simon Wilde. <laughs> he's, he's the man, astute trainer. She is somewhat following, I said last start, in the footsteps of Cyril Leo Miss, isn't she? Won the race uh, two weeks ago on Guinea's yep. Day that Cyril Leo Miss won. Then she finished third in this race last year. So it's a similar pattern for the camp. Uh, I, look, I think she's tough as nails. When Barbie Fox headed, Barbie's Fox headed her last start, was it was so gutsy and... I just love tough mares like she is. And look, there is a slight knock on her, I guess, going from set weights last start to a handicap and having to carry three extra kilos. Yeah. But I think she's just the class runner and that's the price you pay when you're in a handicap. So I'm keen to be with her from one. Uh, she's got a map to get every chance. The uh, other horse from Sydney, Soul Choice, she's down. Um is the other key speed influence. They're the only two key speed influences in the race. Yep. So Damien Lane's in the saddle. In lane, we trust. Um, think she can get uh, three on the bounce. Race four is the listed Crockett Stakes. It's for the three-year-old fillies over 1,200 metres. And you like a couple here. One of them you've actually lost a little bit um, 
in your time and, and I speak of inhibitions. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few of those left at the door, <laughs> particularly across the course of the spring carnival. Um, she, look, she drops back from 1,400 to 1,200 inhibitions after running on okay in the 1,000 guineas prelude. She has been running very well at this track and trip though, this preparation. So 1,200 metres, uh, Mooney Valley, she's run some really nice figures. you got to go look three back. She ran second to Charmstone. Two back got swamped late by Coeur Volant, who we know what, um, we know what she did last week. Gets the gun map from four, Craig Williams on board. This race looks a touch weaker than previous assignments. So um, providing deep into her prep, she's still going well. Uh, I think she's going to be in the finish. And the other one I just want to spec as well is uh, Shiva at around nine bucks on top sport. Looks over the odds. Was excellent on Guineas Day, winning at a big price. Beat home excess. I reckon excess is pretty smart. So I want to follow excess wherever she's going next start. Uh, and I want to follow Shiva here as well. Just taking into account improvement off that last start. Barrier is a bit sticky. I think that's factored into the price while you're sort of getting nine bucks. So a little two-bet play for me in the fourth, mate. Yeah, lovely. There has been some key scratchings in that race as well. Mumbai Muse, who was the favourite, elects to go to Sydney. Fire Lane stays in Sydney as well. But even with those two coming out, there's speed galore. She can either lead or, or sit in behind them inhibition. She's probably the map horse as well. So... Yeah, can see why you'd lob on her off a fast tempo back in distance. Yeah. Uh, mate, let's go to race six now, which is the Group 2 Phillies Classic. It's for the three-year-olds, 1,600 metres. You and I are having two bets here each. One of them's landing on the same, and that's Skybird. Do you want to talk about Skybird? Yeah, I think there's only one horse in this race. It's a Group 1 horse in the making, and mm. it's Skybird. Skybird can win the 1,000 guineas, um, and I'd love – she's in her first preparation. I'd love to see what how she comes back in the autumn. This is a Group One horse. I know Mitch Friedman broke his Group One maiden the other week um, in the Turak with attrition, mm. but I don't think there's going to be one that's too far around the corner with this girl. She's a superstar. Smashed the clock late on debut off a slow tempo. Slow tempo again at start number two at Benigo, but good lord, she rounded them up at fourteen hundred meters and just showed a dazzling turn of foot. The map is a little bit tricky for her, but. I'm just banking on her being better than him. I think she can get back and, and round them up. I don't hate the map because she's drawn 11. Like, she's going back anyway. I'm not expecting her to be ridden closer. Yeah, good good call. Good call as in, I, I just mean like back marker on a slow tempo. Yeah. You never want, but I'd, I'm with you. You'd rather out than in. Well, even last start, I know it's relative to the 64 grade she was in. She was home nine and a half lengths faster than the all benchmark in the last 600. So she's clearly got to turn a foot off slow tempos. Devastating, yeah. I know when you're going to a group two, they're harder to catch and they're harder to make ground yep. and the better the horses are. So I get that. But I'm with you. I reckon she's got enormous upside keen to be with um, as well. So who's your other player? Yeah, we're both just having little savers. I'm just having a map saver on the 10 broadcast. And this is a horse that can get back, but I think on the weekend, they'll be more positive from a lower draw and, she was wide without any cover last start behind a smart one that's going around favourite in a good race again in Sydney on the weekend. I speak of Arctic Glamour and mm. she's also one of the favourites for the 1,000 guineas. And given that she was wide last start broadcast, she actually closed off nicely. So I'll just bet her to get my stake back because I, I do like Skybird. Yep. I'm going to bet both. I've got another bet here. I'm going to bet them both for a winning result and that's number two. Um, Aprilia, she looks, 
you talk about map betting. I'm going to take Skybird, who's getting back in the run, and I'm going to back Aprilia, who's going to be a likely leader in the race. And mm-hmm. I think she just looks perfectly topped up for this now, 1,600 metres fourth up. She's gone 1,200 to 1,400 to 1,600 metres last start in the Edward Manifold. She remains at the mile here. Look, she... She looked to have every conceivable chance in the Edward Manifold. She just got run over late by Zardozzi. But I think remaining at the mile, presenting at peak fitness, you can you can dictate and give a sight here at the Valley. So a little two-bet play for me. Skybird, 450. Aprilia, eight bucks. Actually, Skybird, probably shorter than that now with scratchings, I'd imagine. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be the play for me, mate, with the map. Yeah, 310 she's into, um, mm-hmm. Skybird. Uh, race eight, the Group 1 Manicado Stakes. We're going to talk about here, mate. And look, the weather caused an upset here last year, didn't it? Got moved the following day. Bella Nipotina just swam through the mud to uh, get get the chocolates over the likes of Rothfire and Best of Bordeaux. Everything about this race just sets up, doesn't it, for Imperatriz? Like for me, just looking at the map, you got the likes of Jigsaw, uh, Iron War, Iron Me, Uncommon James. They're gonna they're gonna be some of the one. They're gonna be the key speed influences that push forward. And Imperatriz is gonna be the beneficiary of a good tempo. And I just can't see it getting beat. Um, are you gonna have a bet in the hundred dollar pissing contest, or do you have a different view than that? I'm gonna be having a bet in the hundred dollar pissing contest just to get a free forty or fifty bucks. I'll have my hundred bucks on Imperatriz. Have a look at her last six hundred meter splits for her last two wins over a thousand meters which is short of her best. I know she's come back super dynamic, but she's going to be better Mm. over 1,200 metres. Her last 600 metre splits in her last two have been 15 and 16 lengths inside benchmark. That's rarefied air. It's complete and utter stupidity. Keen to be there trackside on the weekend and see the world's best sprinter. Yeah, hard to disagree. And look, $100 in Peritris as as well for me, and it's her one out in the quaddy, but... Yeah, won't be opening the shoulders at a dollar forty-five because it's just not my style. Uh, race number nine, mate. Let's talk about it. The Group One Cox Plate. Wait for age. Two thousand and forty meters. It is the best two minutes in sport. Uh, this edition, you touched on it at the top, presents so many angles, doesn't it? Like, will it be one of our own proven wait for age horses in the likes of Alligator Blood, Mister Brightside, Gold Trip, um, even Fangirl stepping up or? You know, the international flavours, you've got Romantic Warrior, Victoria Road, who we know little about. And then there's the three-year-old angle as well with the two Group 1 winning Colts in Militarise and King Colorado just sniffing around at 49.5 kilos. So it's a fascinating race, so many angles. And if you have an opinion on this race, I find it very hard, whatever your opinion is in whatever corner you sit in in this race, I find them all very hard to disagree with because it's just a very even addition. Yeah, spot on. You can make cases for many of them and it is a, a great race and it's a good horses race. It's a proper group one wait for age race and the speed should be genuine enough. Zaki will press forward from that wide draw, alligator blood rolls forward, but the one that just gets that lovely trail in behind them is Romantic Warrior. He's the map horse. He, he can stalk those two in the run. And and as they crossed the line in the Turnbull, I was really happy that he didn't measure up because I want to see the locals, even though Gold Trip won. And, and you know, yeah, he's been yeah. here a little bit. We class him he's, as a local he's now. now. Yeah, you want to see yeah. the locals he's, go. Well, West, West Wind Blows was runner-up. But at, when reviewing that Turnbull, I was of the opinion it was going to be one of the hottest form races. There's already been good form to the race. Second and third across the line in the Caulfield Cup came through that. We're yet to see some form in behind 
stack right up in terms of see if it measures up. But Romantic Warrior, the more I watch that replay, the more hard done by he was in transit. If you just flick on last 600, you think, oh, you know, he's been covered up in behind the speed. He's got every chance. You look at the steward's vision. He really doesn't get any cover until about the eight 900 meter mark. And then when he does... He sort of shuffled around. He loses his position a bit. He's still a bit keen. So he'll have that freshness out of legs with that first up run under his belt. And they went fast as well. They went 11 lengths inside benchmark to the 600. And he was facing the breeze on that. Mm. The the fourth now that I've had time to mull over it has a lot more merit than, than what I thought it did when, it, when he crossed the line. Mm. He'll take big improvement for that. Clearly, he maps well and, and I want to be with him. There's other good horses in the race. So like, what about Alligator Blood? You've seen the data from last start. Oh, well, this is this is my point, and I'm going to side with the blood. Like, when you're going 16.6 lengths inside the Group 1 average, faster than the Group 1 average, to the 600 metres, yeah. and sure, you're chasing to deny knowledge, but the clock's the, not The leader fibbing. went 25 lengths yeah. inside standard. This you is don't see anything like but it. The, like, you can say, oh, look who he's chasing, but that doesn't fib. Like the data's not fibbing in those instances. Nah. So you're still bouncing off it. You've sent just fine to the paddock who was like <laughs> favorite to win the race. Yeah. And he's had question marks over whether he can run a fast 2000 or even a 2000 meter before that might and power. Yeah. Now he's done it and some. So I'm with alligator blood, but I'm not high confidence. Like okay. I'm going to have $50 group one pissing contest. I'll spec him on the day because there's numbers of runners here that jump out of the ground and go, oh yeah. No, I could see why he won that. Yeah. But Militarise is another interesting runner in this race well, who I thought you might have sided with because a couple of weeks ago ahead of the Turnbull, and I respect what you've said about the Turnbull and how you've assessed Romantic Warrior, but you were like, our horses are just better than him. But you've now seen the form in Australia and you're like, no, nah, no, nah, this thing can bounce off thin and yeah. this win a cox plate. Yeah. So I get that. Um, but there's some other – like Militarise as a three-year-old in this race and picking gate three – if that doesn't signal intent that we're going to ride this horse more positively than, say, the Guineas, then I don't know what it does. And he was good in the Guineas, clearly. Huge. Fastest last 200 metres of the race. Race shape right again. It's got too far back. And he's got immeasurable upside mm. as well as a three-year-old. He, he could really jump out of the ground. I don't want to disrespect Mr. Brightside either because he's only got one loss out of four starts next to his name in this preparation. You're of the fact of the opinion, and, and it's backed up in the numbers, that he'd come back better. Mm. He was giving alligator blood a cold yeah. early in the preparation. He was treating him with complete and utter disdain. Mm. Track too firm last start. In I was Sydney was that. the excuse. That's that has to yeah. be, doesn't it? It was it, it is, got, got it is the excuse. Three. Stable track too firm. Didn't didn't really appreciate it. Won't be yeah. rock hard like that. He's he still now that alligator blood's ticked off the two thousand meters fast run. Mister Brightside right at the end of it mm. as well. That's his, that's his little query. Is, is he a miler? A brilliant horse. One of the best horses in the country. But the thing like, in his like, favour mm. is his barrier draw. Like he's going to get... He just sucks up in behind them. Like, yep. So even, even if it's, you know, whatever speed it's run at, he's going to get every opportunity to get that given his his economical draw. And it also doesn't matter. Like he probably doesn't want it too fast if 2000 is the query, but we've seen him win 14, 1600 metre races, mm. very fast tempos or... Very slow tempos. So, you know, Fangirl comes down from Sydney. Not for me. Big, big spike performance last start. Can't see her replicating at 2,000 metres. But it's a cracker race. I'm having my 100 bucks on Romantic Warrior. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to back him on the day. I'm going to back him in this. And 
I'm keen that he shows big improvement from his first Australian run. Yep. And I just want to say big watch gold trip too. So keen to see. Yeah, how well, how we've not mentioned him. So keen to see how Blinkers he, on, he comes through a brutally run yeah. Caulfield Cup. That's my knock. Yeah. I We were on, did the review show on Sunday with Warren Huntley on RSN yeah. and spoke to um, Connections of the stable and they spoke about gold trips just desire as an entire and his like constitution how much he just like breathes racing and just loves racing so it's not even a concern for them backing yeah, okay. him up because he just bounces out of races and he's just a bit of a freak and i'm actually not getting the journalistic credit that i deserve for this because i work seymour cup day sunday mm. and Pre one of the races, I did a, a pre-race interview with Mitch Connors, the, a stable representative. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch Connors. Connor. Yeah, <laughs> really? a stable rep from um, Mara Nusis, and he's Gold Trip Strapper. Mm. And I asked him, Gold Trip, Cox Plate? He said, on air, Cox Plate, yep. I said, well, talk about a breaking story. They didn't even go with it. You're the only person in You're the only person in racing media that's ever got a Gold Trip scoop, correct? Yeah, I got the Gold Trip scoop. And they didn't even retweet it or anything like that. I, you know, maybe I don't have the journalistic credibility <laughs> of some others, but Mitch gave me the scoop. He's backing up, blinkers on, see how we go. Mitch Kerner. <laughs> Give the Sultan some bloody credit. <laughs> um, okay, hundred. after all that, Sultan's having 100 bucks win Romantic Warrior. Yeah, I'm having 50 bucks alligator blood to win, and I'm going to be extremely firm in my pants watching that race. Randwick, let's go there. <laughs> um, Rail True, good for how you expecting the track to play. Yeah, they can get off the inside a little bit, Rail True, but I think it would be fine. It's Other than that day where it was rock hard, that King's King Charles Day or whatever, yep. where Mr. Brightside went around, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it played on speed. It's been playing really nicely lately, Ramwick. Well, let's kick it off in race one because you're a human midway. It's benchmark 72, 1,100 metres, mate. Yeah, there's a horse here, the chief conductor, the chieftain, <laughs> number two, the chieftain, he'll just be going forward and saying ta-ta to the rest of these. Is that named after you on Swan Street? <laughs> yeah, on the Swan Street, chief. <laughs> just direct traffic. Yeah. And my mate Baz is the mage. He's the mage of the cheer squad, but... This thing sat up outside of Fast Tempo, first up at Warwick Farm, and got swooped on by a couple of handy ones, and, and they put a length into him. But I thought he was really tough late. He, he he showed good tenacity to hold on to third spot there, given the fact that he'd done a lot more early work than the Quinello. He'll press forward again today. He'll more than likely control again today. And you have a look at his form from previous preparations. He takes a couple to get going. He didn't run his best figures last prep until later in the prep. And also he resumed at 1100 where earlier in his career, 1100 was a bit of a query for him. It was more of a thousand meter horse. So got one under the belt, improves, should win the first, the chieftain. The chief cunt, chief cunt, chief conductor <laughs> in the first for the Sultan at $2.90 at Randwick. What uh, show was that? That, um, was, that used to do Thomas the Tank. Yeah. It was good. It was like a skit show. Yeah. Was it I had com- Darren was the it Skateboarder. Was it Comedy Inc or something like that? Comedy Inc? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't anyway. know. Yeah, yeah. Cl- classic. Showing our childhood. Uh, mm. <laughs> race six, mate. Group three. Craven Plate, run out of weight for age conditions, 1,800 metres. The Wes Craven Plate, uh, famous for uh, directing the Scream films. Oh, really? Well. Yeah, I watched the, the new Scream the other day. Wasn't great. was <laughs> good. Yeah. But I, I like I like films like that, so I sit through it and, you know, it's a, a bit are of a mystery. A hor- are you a horror yeah, guy? Yeah, I love horror. I despise it. Because yeah, well, you're a scaredy cat I'm a scaredy cat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't even go to Ballarat. Yeah, but it needs, I don't, the paranormal stuff, I just, do not find scary whatsoever. It needs to be 
something real. Like someone in a mask that goes around and, and murders people. Like that shit actually happens in real life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't cop it. Nah, not for me, mate. Not for <laughs> me. Uh, who do you like? I like Numerian. Number two, he, he was written with no intent first up and he'll be taking a lot of benefit from that. Have a look at him second up in the autumn. He led them up in a, a Group 1 Australia Cup, was beaten by Cascadian mm. under a length and, and was runner-up. He'll go forward today. There's actually no pressure in this race. So I was really looking for horses that can settle up on speed and there's him that'll be going settling up on speed and there's really only one other on-speed runner and that is hinged as well and she's four dollar sixty favorite but she's a fraud <laughs> isn't she she's not that yeah she's a little bit yeah yeah she has one six from 28 it's you know cardiac arrhythmia two back but you know she's not one of mine yeah it's it's a race where there's not a stack of runners to trust here like i feel like there's a few untrust untrusty Wasties. <laughs> Trusty wasties. Well said. Very yeah, articulate. I, was, I, was, I sort of thought I articulated that well to the mm. unit army. Uh, I'm siding with Huetor. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven bucks. He was first up in a hot wait for H race, the Group 1 King Charles that we've spoken about earlier. Uh, he's not one for the SP Hall of Famers either, $151 in that race, but he was there for a genuine look around. And he raced in restricted room over the final 300, but I really like, I thought the run was really sneaky good, like got through the line nicely. Uh, drops back to group three level here and just looking through just from a ratings profile point of view, just takes enormous improvement as a second up runner. So he's, his career peaks have all come second up. His good price at seven bucks does have a tricky map but probably factored in. So again, just one I'm going to spec at seven bucks uh, for a nice little result there in the Craven plate, the scream Craven plate. (laughs) Uh, Race number seven is the feature of the card, the group one spring champion stakes for the three-year-olds. Tough race to dive into here, unless unless you're really chasing your cash on Tom Kitten. So I found it hard, a bit of a bit tough to get a read on some of these Sydney three-year-olds this campaign. Um, you got the likes of Raff Attack here, who was enormous last start, set a strong tempo, went eight and eight point eight lengths inside the class average to the six, and was able to fend off the other on paces, and then just hold off Tom Kitten, who just gets well out of his ground every time he runs. Um, two thousand, I guess, the query for him, and then Tom Kitten. Well, two bucks thirty. Do you want to dive in that? Like he's been absolutely enormous in the Dulcify, enormous again in the Gloaming, but it doesn't win. The less said from me, the better. I don't like the race. I'm mm. not having a bet, and I don't want to talk about it. Perfect. <laughs> I, I reckon I gave it a pretty fair sum. Yeah, you you've done well. I, I, what's more, there. Well, I spoke There's about not much more for me to add. I spoke about Raff Attack who beat Tom Kitten last start. Tom Kitten who continues to just make we just heard bad it. luck. That's yeah. sorry, mate. I just wanted to go back over it. Yeah, all good. Meep, meep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no bet from me either. Uh, race number eight is the two million dollar the invitation uh, for the fillies and mares. It's run under set weights plus penalties conditions. Fourteen hundred meters. It's only the third instalment of this race, Saltsy. So Ice Bath won the inaugural running. Promise of success got the nod last year from Electric Girl and Nimalee. Uh, I like this race from a betting perspective and oh. so do you are we treating this as a, a group one it, it's basically a group one man's race are we putting it in the contest I we, don't think we have in the other years the last have we yeah we have well, well got i'm happy to if you are yeah i'm happy yeah. to yeah, why yeah well i think i found the winner same and I'll, i'm 
I'm I'm against your selection. So yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm not totally against yours. I think Espiona can win, but I like Magic Time. Mm. Now she's only had one go, fourteen hundred meters, heavy track three wide, no cover. Completely forgive that. She was beaten by um, the Waller filly in this name starts with O. What is it? Olentia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, in that particular race, but had excuses. She, she she was huge first up, eleven hundred meters, dominant last start. What about? So she works early on a fast tempo, then takes a trail, and then drops Paracel like it's standing still. Mm. Dominant. Great trial for 1,400 metres. And the map doesn't look great at face value when you look at it, but I think she gets in the 1-1 with relative ease. I don't actually think it's too much of a tricky map once you actually dive in and, and do the map. And if she sits in the 1-1, you're going to have to be pretty, pretty damn good to run her down. From behind her, I'll have a hundred bucks to win on the seven magic time. Yeah, well, that's where our point of difference is because I don't, I, I just didn't have her finding the one one, and I thought eleven was a huge negative. That was that Did was you, my that was who's my knock. kicking up and that was well, I thought there was a good good amount of speed here. So Parasail from two, Parasail leads. Yeah, you got the likes of Alcohol Free to push across. Osbred Flirt will be handy. Royal Merchant will be handy. Banana Queen. Alcohol Free's drawn outside her, so yep. that doesn't matter. Then you got what Flirt. Royal Merchant's been stepping slow this prep. Yeah, well, I I understand your point. Mine, I just have a differing view. I yeah. just I just reckon it's a tough draw. And had Magic Time drawn soft, I would have entertained her as a bet because what she did last week and said, "See you later to Paris Hour, which yeah. last start uh, was good. But Espiona, like this is the, I mean, she's dropping back from the Everest, and she was like she was good in the Everest. Yeah, she was. She was her run had plenty of merit. Fourteen hundred meters. Back against her own sex, she's got fourteen hundred metre figures that are superior. I think she's a really, really good bet, and I can understand why she's yeah. favourite in the race. She's back in terrific order. I, yeah. I really actually think there's only two horses that can win the race. Like Paracel's the on the third line of betting at seven bucks fifty. She got given a fucking cold <laughs> last up by Magic Time. Yeah. Like seriously, come on, man. Yeah. What yeah. about what about Opal Ridge? Like you and I spoke um, pretty in depth about just pre. Kosciuszko, the bloody mm. concussion plates going on, um, and then couldn't run down front page, but still ran well for yeah, second, she ran well. given that. Yep. So um, she's the only other one that I'd entertain in that. But uh, what are we? Hundred bucks? Yeah, hundred bucks. Magic time. Hundred bucks. I bet you hundred bucks. You'll get yeah. you'll get more than me if yours wins. Though. Yeah, it's <laughs> <That's> bullshit. <laughs> Forty bucks or something. Yeah. Um, perfect. What else have we got? I'm just. Licking through the run sheet. Um, mate, that sums up the specs. So you don't have the wait well, time. Yeah, we got him in the green room. Let's get him in. <laughs> unit. Got the unit of the week in the green room. The weekend warrior, the unit of the weekend warrior is here. He uh, likes something. He's been at us in our DMs, and this is what the warrior likes on Saturday. Huge hello to footy, salts, and all the other units out there. It's Jack from Adelaide recording from beautiful Brighton Beach on this sunny Thursday morning. Well, it's Cox Plate weekend, and I'm more excited than the Waterhouse bot team when they say rail out six at Rose Hill on a good three. We're at the horse racing coliseum that is Mooney Valley on Saturday and our bet comes in race 7. I'm keen to be with number 4 Apulia on an each way basis. He's on the back up from a slowly run race last week at Caulfield where it had no chance from too far back in a sit sprint affair. 
We get a positive jockey change with Zara going on, so hopefully he can get him to settle a little bit closer and we can round up the leaders and boot home the last 50 metres on a track that at this stage of the meeting should be favouring runners that can run on. Best of luck over the weekend, fellas. Hope to be back next week. Painted the picture nicely, didn't he? He did. Set the scene, Coliseum, Brighton Beach, sunny day. Good vibes. It was good vibes. We'll um we'll get that on Jack from Adelaide, who was at Brighton Beach. Is there a Brighton Beach in Adelaide? Yeah, yeah. Is there? Okay, yeah. beautiful. Good on him. Um, I was like, well, he's from Adelaide and he's down by the beach boxes. What's going, yeah. on? What's going on, Jack? Uh, two units time, mate. My best bet is on Saturday. It's in race five. It's the group two crystal mile. Wait for age over the mile. Uh, I'm with Antino. Uh, I know there's. I know people can say he's had his grand final in the Tourac, but I, I don't think Tony Gollan continues to run him unless he is ready to run. And he could be three from three down here arguably like he he was a moral beaten first up at flemington um then he went to sand down and won a dollar 30 and then just went down to attrition in the Tourac after he basically drew a gate in carnegie so he he did he ran super in the feature he finds a small field here i just think blake shin can put him in the one one and he's just mighty 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 hard to beat so i'm really keen antino on the weekend Lovely, mate. My best bet is also at Mooney Valley Race 7. It's in the Vars, a group two at set weights for the three-year-olds over the famous Cox Plate distance of the 20-40 metres. I'm with the favourite, the three for Dad. He ran Griff to a head, this track a couple back, and he was taking ground off him. Griff then goes to the Caulfield Guineas, controls, dictates, wins. Well, for Dad was back sort of midfield, off midfield, and the Guineas, like, race shape against nothing, made any ground. And he was actually charging to the line over the mile last start, and he cops a major interference so the margin was unfair we know he handles mooney valley he'll go forward high opinion of this horse ever since i saw him in the yard at bendigo and he won his maiden on debut of a 1300 meters smashing the clock he'll lead up this distance and i'm keen he'll be taking out the vase on saturday and and i'll be um filling my vase my my vase with with some champagne come about 3 45 p.m what do you? Uh, I like that. Um, snowman's in that race, also in for the calendar Presnell as well. Mm. Hope it comes cha- here. That's what I'm saying. Does it change it? Is it? Is it a speed influence you want in the race? Like it's to, and also to give you a price because I'm picturing if Snowman comes out, Verdad's two sixty at the moment. Yeah, in it, betting, it's, it's not going to change his map whatsoever because Snowman's drawn outside it, and he's probably got, you know. As good, if not better speed. But if Snowman ended up did crossing him, there's not enough speed inside to keep him wide for that anyway. I think it's it's inconsequential whether or not Snowman runs here. It just means I get a shitter price. Yeah. Hey, this isn't – I just want to preface this. This isn't a footy over the top. But in this race, I'm mm. having something small on SK for the O'Brien yard. He's a huge price. I've spoken about him before. I'm convinced there's a race in him. I've got some Derby futures on him. I love that he steps up to this um, distance out of the superimposed where he was slow away, got home second fastest last 600 of the race. He won't be giving away as much ground here, but I'm just keen to have something small on it, a big price Sultan. Nice. Well, he was only beaten eight by Griff a couple back, and so that gets him within seven and a half so what you're of Verdad. So what you're saying is he's got Griff form. <laughs> he's got Griff form. Eight. 
It's the Griff form. He's got Griff form. He's got seven and a half to make up for Dave. Don't got worry, mate. He's a slow burner. He's right, going to be right. stepping up. I'm going to get him. He's going to, like he's going to win a race and staying race, and I'm going to be on at a price All and right. uh, just. Just one for the listeners there, myself and friend. <laughs> <laughs> you, mate, last time, last time you took the piss, you know what happened. So you gotta, if you believe in superstitions and all that, that was when I came over it. the top. That's true. That was a footy over the top. <laughs> I prefaced it by saying it wasn't a footy <laughs> yeah, over the top. I said whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> what a wanker! <laughs> oh, mate. Well, Salts, all the best on the weekend, my friend. Uh, can't wait to stand side by side in the amphitheatre that they call the Valley for Cox Plate, the best wait for age race in Australia. And uh, listeners, wherever you are, enjoy the weekend and we'll be back in your ears next week on the Two Units Podcast. Have a terrific weekend. And should you all ever doubt this, you should know, however far away, I will always love you. (laughs) 